the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Good day and welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. 2018 will be the year that with 10 year Treasury pushed the 30 year mortgage rate back to 5%. Where were you when that happened? Is it monumentous? Is it momentous? Is it, is it a big deal? Is it not that big of a deal? Historically speaking, a 5% mortgage is pretty sweet. On a 30-year fixed, you're borrowing a lot of money. You're getting some tax deductions on it. You're getting some tax efficiencies on the home. You're paying yourself. Historically, not too shabby. But psychologically, and I can tell you this from news, and I've almost murdered and been murdered by my news director in television. He's like... The Dow broke from 14,000 to 13,000. This is a big deal. I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, it's a big round number. People like big round numbers. And people do like big round numbers. The rate on a 30-year fixed mortgage was 5% in 2018. Where were you on that momentous day? Um, My family was eating hot dogs in theory back on the day that John F. Kennedy was shot. Of course, I was not alive. But that's neither here nor there. They never ate hot dogs again because it made them so sick. I know. I know. Right. Where were you on that day? It's kind of big. Now, I know you're saying, well, did they eat not dogs like hot dogs without, you know, the, the pig lips and stuff in it? Um, I, 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 I don't have an answer for you on that. Are you bring, crazy? Let's bring in Tony Mendez. BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's the mortgage expert of the show. Good morning. He's on Thursdays 6 to 7. And I say 6 because they've got a large contingent of snakes who are fans. Um, mortgage expert. My, my, my. Oh, my, my, my. Is it a big deal going from 4% to 5% in a year on mortgage rates? Well, it, it, I think psychologically it's it's very powerful. Um there was, uh, you know, a lot of people who are looking at houses, especially the large millennial um, um, contingency out there of home buyers. Is uh, you know they're not used to rates being over five percent. 
they're used to rates being in the threes and the fours. So psychologically, yes, a lot of people are like, ah, you know, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to wait for rates to come down. There's a, a kind of that psychology going on right now in Seattle where a lot of people were leaving Seattle going, oh, the home prices, you know, they're up to median home prices, $700,000 there, but now more inventory is hitting the market. So they're saying, well, we're going to stay. So it, it, it can flip flop pretty quickly. And rates do like to do that. At the beginning of the year, rates were at 4%. So Less than a year ago, rates were at four percent. Now it's at five percent, um, and it can mean a lot of money for for people. Either on a monthly basis, you have to just suck it up, or you have to make more money to qualify. Um, on a median loan here, like five hundred thousand dollar loan, that costs about thirty six hundred dollars a year more for that one interest rate. So yeah, it's when not only psychological, home, but but financially, it's expensive. When I bought a home, it was the recent home was essentially to you know put my kids in a school district kind of thing. Um, and so it still is. If I had bought my last home in San Carlos with the idea of an investment, I might be ringing in the cash register right now going, this is as good as it gets playing that game. But I'm not a single guy. I'm not in the situation of, um, you know, like let's, Hey honey, let's move to Vegas for a couple of years or Hey, let's move, you know, into apartment while we live off this million dollar increase in equity. So I'm committed sadly for the next 10 years or so. And like, I, I think you probably run into a little bit of that, but you also probably run into some people who are like little, little um, as I used to refer to someone, um, lily pad jumpers. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And in, in fact, my parents' good friends do that. Um, they they did that up. They they kept moving closer and closer to their dream home. And to do that, they would buy a, a fixer upper or they would f- buy a home that they could expand and sell for more. And, and the markets, when you're doing that in a market, it can work. But um, interest rates eat into that a little bit. Uh, the cost of borrowing gets a little more expensive. You're, you know, if it's a renovation type of product, uh, the private side of the money, the, the, which most people go to, that gets a little bit more expensive if you're not using all of your funds uh, in cash. But overall, psychologically, I think it's, it does play into those people who are doing that lily pad jumping. I like the way you say that. But I own a property in Raleigh that it's been really good to me, all things considered. I've had a renter in it for the majority of the time, maybe two down months. Um, but if I, in my world, my home is my home for where my kids go to school and have the community. But that Raleigh place, I, I don't always want to own that place. And it was kind of meant to be an investment, but it was kind of meant to be maybe I could end up there. It was kind of meant to be have other people's money pay for it. Um, that may be the one I decide to flip and go, okay, let's move that cash over across the country back to California and put it to use somewhere, maybe in a new property here or a new property closer to me. Cause Raleigh's not easy to get to for me anymore. Yeah. It used, and it used to be easy to get to. I mean, ultimately when it comes to buying and selling real estate and, and let's say you are that investor, it's really, it's not just interest rates. Interest rates ultimately play into your cash flow, but it's also programs and availability of programs and qualifying. Um, and it's also in your circumstance where you're a flipper or somebody who's just trying to upgrade their property every five years or every 10 years. Uh, it's about where the trends are. So there's still very positive trends in the United States. Um, you, you know, we were looking at some stats where more inventory is hitting the Western region. San Jose leads the market. They had like 89% more inventory hitting the market compared to last year. Uh, but nationally, it's still negative 
by 0.2% or something like that. So there are trends around the United States where you could say, I can move that rental property from one to another, upgrade that, reamortize that, you know, that balance, move the equity over and get, you know, look at building your portfolio or just improving that, that type of property for the cash flow or for, you know, more equity building. But interest rates, uh, again, um, I don't want people, I don't want people to think we fear it. It is psychologically something that we pay attention to, but programs really drive the market and we still are historically below our, our interest rate of six and quarter percent. Yeah. Go t- try to tell a millennial that six and a quarter percent is normal and they'll go like, whatever. I know you're saying, are you blending, are you blending millennial speak with uh, Valley, Valley speak? Valley, yeah. Right? Right? I remember when interest rates were 4%, right? Um, so you, you brought up the term flipper, and there's just not a lot of room left in the flipper universe. As far there's not a lot of wiggle room, and a lot of people still want to be that person. It's, it's stunning to me and how many people want to be like, take a shortcut to wealth. Well, you... I think actually the market might open up in that respect when it comes to uh, if if we do see more inventory hitting the market. Imagine that person who's been sitting in a property for a long period of time, and they're like, you know, I'm finally going to cash out. They didn't do a lot of work on the property. They didn't need to. The realtor saying you don't need to because it's hot market. We don't have a lot of inventory. Now that we see more inventory hitting the market, yeah, you might take a little bit of concessions here and there, and we actually might start seeing more deals on properties that are. Um, in distress and we might see more investors saying this is an opportunity to improve it. Um, I actually think we might see more of those types of opportunities, but you are right. It is tight right now. It's very difficult to do it. Um, we know investors that are going across the United States, like Columbus, Ohio and Austin and Reno, Sacramento's that are looking for those type of opportunities. They've stopped. I don't want to say stop, but they've, they've cut back significantly here in the Bay area. Well, the, the, the leverage on Ohio is not going to be the leverage that you get in the Bay Area, which is part of the, the mathematical way you win in flipping. But at the same time, you're not spending top dollar on a distressed property where you might not do that in, in Ohio. Sounds good. Well, now we need more flippers. <laughs> Dolphins that save people. We had Rin 1010. We had Flipper. Where have all the smart saving animal heroes gone? That's what I want to know. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I know you're saying Rin 1010. financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I try to say fewer stupid things every year. I know you're saying that's good of you. That's good of you. With that being said, a uh, couple things to chit-chat about. I want to talk a little bit about oil and commodities again, just a little bit more, because we talk about commodities in a funny kind of way. Uh, what are commodities? How do commodities trade? 
How they've broken down in different groups? How have they been performing? Can you invest in commodities? And you can. And I would say be cautious with it. I know if you listen to people like CFP Chad Burton and others, sometimes what you'll hear is, you know, commodities should be 10% of your portfolio or tech stock should be 4% of your, like there's these, there's these formulas that, that come out, come and go, but I find commodities very difficult and commodities, you know, whether it be agricultural products, fuels, metals, what have you, there's no doubt that commodities have been around forever. And if you play some classic video games, like, you know, uh, bushels of corn are kind of important in early civilizations. Some people think the futures market on trade started about 6,000 years ago with rice. Some people think that the futures trading dates back to the 17th century in Japan when rice also was out there. As, do you want to buy it now for the next year or not? So how much should we plant? You tell us. Uh, there's a CBOT. It's a very famous uh, trading exchange in the United States where it's able to let companies hedge risk. Airlines could buy airline fuel now, lock in prices, and then figure out, okay, let's, um, how many routes do we want? How many you know, empty seats are we okay with? So that's all out there. Um, Chicago Board of, 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 of Trade, the CBOT, 1848. Then there was something called the Merck, Chicago Mercantile Exchange. It was founded in 1898 as the Chicago Butter and Egg Board. <laughs> Where you can lock in butter and egg prices, right? So I throw this out there because, again, there is going to be times where you start going... I want this in my portfolio, whether it be energy commodities or metal commodities or agricultural commodities. Um, I say just be cautious and be patient with yourself um, because hard assets where you actually buy a pig, you actually get two hog bellies. Um, that's probably more than you can process in your head is my, my thought. Long term, it feels like stakes becoming more. It feels like all commodities are more expensive, right? It does feel that way. Um, you can get really tricky with buying commodities. There's future contracts, there's ETFs, there's ETNs, exchange traded funds, exchange traded notes. And um, if I was good at investing in commodities, I would tell you I'm not. But I can tell you, like, there's fertilizer stocks like Mosaic. There's farm machinery stocks that are tied to agricultural prices, like John Deere, Monsanto for seeds. There's irrigation stocks. There's livestock like Sanderson Farms. There's crop protection companies like Monsanto or Sententa, SYT. Then you get into grains. You know, you can buy, if you want to think corn's going on higher, it's ticker symbol, you know, corn. It's an ETF. <laughs> like, really? Yes. Uh, potash and fertilizer, obviously big for agriculture. We have to have nutrients in the ground to, gr to grow what we need. Take our symbol soil. But again, you could actually go out and buy a company called Potash if that's the way you want to do it. 
I tend not to recommend. There's like cement stock. Cement's a commodity, right? Take our simple CX. You can go out and buy a cement stock if that's your thing. Um, and again, when worldwide demand shrinks, these guys get crushed. When worldwide demand grows, these guys are, you know, you can like home builders or solar, you know, the energy play. First solar, solar city. Um, there's TAN, ticker some TAN. Uh, home builder stocks, if you believe in construction. Lowe's, Home Depot, Lennar, Pulte, KB Homes, Toll Brothers, NVR. So I tend to say avoid buying commodities or a hard asset fund unless you really know what you're doing. I've seen some amateurs get pretty crushed doing it. And um, I, I just I throw that out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. So commodities are a big issue. And again, not pushing away from it, but sometimes it's the things that you don't know, and sometimes it's the weather. But like refrigeration costs, so if electricity costs spike, that could hurt refrigeration costs of meat, of animals. And um, that's when you start getting really morbid, right? We're talking about the the eating of animals. And uh, I could just show you one area where commodities, you know, just eh, we've had a drought and farmers are having a tough time feeding their cattle. So sometimes they'll kill their cattle, kill the herd, trim the herd, curd, uh, her, curd the herd. No, not quite that. Uh, trim the herd, so to speak. And uh, what happens? Prices of meat go down. Because suddenly, if you kill more than you thought you were going to kill, awesome. There's a supply. The downside of it is next year, your herd's been thinned already. And there's fewer cows to breed and fewer cows to mate and fewer cows to love and grow your herd again. So those are real commodities. And the dollar, and this is where it gets really interesting, is when you start getting into currencies. If you think I don't like investing in commodities as an idea... Forget about it. I'd rather invest in the stocks tied towards the commodities for the same reason you want to invest in commodities. But currencies, I remember shortly after the Iraq war, if you turned on the TV, you would hear commercials that like, well, Saddam Hussein's gone and the Iraqi dinar has completely collapsed. Now may be the time to put a $25,000 investment in the Iraqi dinar and get 43 million Iraqi dinars for the low cost of $100,000 or $100, whatever it was. And people are like, I want to, I, I want to own that because, you know, as they rebuild Iraq, they're going to obviously have an economy. And if Saddam Hussein was bad and he's gone, then the DNR will bounce back. And it sounds like a great story. Do not buy currencies. The cost to buy currencies is very expensive. The cost to sell currencies is very expensive. Which again brings us back to Bitcoin. Another pseudo currency that I don't recommend you buy because it's very tough to figure out what's going to move it. And to me, that's more like gambling when you when you're blind investing than anything else. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. On AM 1220, KDOW. On the iHeartRadio app. There's music all night. All when the hands hit 
11, Pennsylvania came to life. All the kids on the corner of California never had that thing. I remember rich girl in the summer like yesterday. Billy, forgive me not, forgive me not, forgive me not. No more feeling to forget me. Billy, forgive me not, forgive me not, forgive me not. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Every time I go away from you, I can feel my mama wait for me. Billy, I will never change on you. You ain't always Sometimes I wonder if Mike, the amazing producer, has bumped his head. Whoa. This is not my kind of music. It's and, and this just makes me want to kind of crawl up into a ball and cry. That's better. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I know you're a big baby brat bully guy. Fourth quarter mortgage originations are expected to be down from seasonality. Not seeing meaningful improvement. The housing market maybe will have a little bit of growth in volume this year. Maybe. That's interesting to note. It's obviously still a ton of money that Americans have uh, put into equity. So there's trillions of dollars of equity. If we ever want to stimulate our economy, we just everyone sell our house all at the same time and have tons of cash and have a party and say the planet's going to go into the sun at some point in time. And hopefully it's in 30 minutes when the party's over or not. But there's a lot of money that's tied up in homes. There's a lot of money being lent into homes. And again, the number of uh, loans being originated looks to be slightly up maybe this year, which is not a growth. That's not a flow. That's not a big pat on the back per se, Tony. No, it, it isn't. And, you know, we, we definitely pay attention to some of those numbers like volume. Um, and, you know, we have our pulse on on the you know the activity here in the Bay Area. And you, know, you, you ask me every week, you go, what, what are you seeing? And, um, you know, we are seeing a lot more purchases, refinances. I think people are just trying to figure it out or which way are rates going to go? Uh, why do I need to refinance? I think there's a little bit, people need a little bit more motivation than maybe it's cash out or they're removing somebody from title or they just, they're just trying to re-amortize and, and you really have to be motivated now as you see interest rates rise. Um, there still are people who, you know, are in FHA loans that need to get out of the mortgage insurance and even a rate that's closer to 5%, it beats having to pay that two or three or $400 a month mortgage insurance with a lower rate. So, um, you know, the market's going to figure itself out. Higher interest rates is the beginning of the figuring it out. And then the housing market itself, the sales and purchases will eventually kind of uh, finish that deal. And uh, I think it's going to take some time. This is the beginning of it. I think if anything, and let's say rates go back down, it's a wake up call for a lot of people to say, um, should I sell now? We had, like I said, the other day I was talking to you about a client who called and they were planning on a three year term here in the Bay area. Um, they have one of those two to $3 million homes and they've been looking at a tremendous amount of equity since they bought the house about 15 years ago. And they saw interest rates go up and they got scared and they changed their plans to six months instead of three years because they they're afraid that less people will be able to afford their house or their home value might go down a little bit or both and i think we might see a a little bit of that what a white collar american problem (laughs) oh my three million dollar house is going to sell for 2.7 should i tap my two million dollars of equity now or possibly wait three months and it'd only be 1.8 million 
Well, some of those things, um, they're big you decisions. know, they are big decisions, and uh, I wouldn't react that quickly on just a, you know, a, well, then again, in a one year, one year comes fast. As you get older, one year comes a lot faster than when you're 25. But, uh, you know, a, last year, October 12th, it was interest rates were at 3.91%. Now they're at 4.9%, according to Freddie Mac. And that's probably going to go a little higher since the survey comes out, um, you know, only once a week. So that 1% kind of scared them. And it's it might scare a little bit other people out there that are going, you know what? Home prices just went up in that city that we really liked. And maybe it's Scottsdale um, or even Vegas, for example. A lot of people might think Vegas is a place to go or Henderson. And uh, home prices are going up there. and But now the rates are higher. I might as well try to capture what I have here as far as the equity. So it makes that higher interest rate, um, you know, not hurt us so much. I think that's a mentality we're going to see. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Higher rate environment, probably even more important to keep your credit as crystal clean as you can. Don't do a little, um, you know, don't, don't open a new credit card when you're trying to get a loan. Now's a good time to keep your Excellent credit, excellent. So you can get just a slightly lower interest rate, which is one of the reasons you want to keep excellent credit. Yeah, it can kind of compound on you if you have, um, you know, higher interest rates and then you have a lower credit score. And, you know, we encourage everybody and we try to teach people about credit, but to get engaged with your credit. And it could be as simple as, you know, getting a credit report from annualcreditreport.com or your creditor. Some of these credit card companies do it, but Credit Karma is fantastic. And uh, it gets you engaged with it. It gets you starting to know it. One of the things I did when I was younger is um, I went to buy a car and, and the guy goes, oh, you can't buy a car, your credit. I'm like, I've never, what, what do you mean? What's a credit report? And, you know, they showed me the credit report. And I was like, oh, I wrote a check and it bounced and, and didn't, you know, so I, and I got engaged with you it. You remember writing checks at Safeway? I remember writing a lot of checks. People don't write checks anymore, but. You'd write a check to Safeway and they'd give you cash? Yeah. I, you had to have a Safeway cash card or a Safeway check card? Man, You could write days. checks at 7-Eleven and get cash back. That's, no way. Mm-hmm. I never lived Good in old that Southland way. Corporation. I never lived in that world. <laughs> If you know the name Southland, that's because you wrote a bad check or something to uh, to someone. With that said, um, yeah, we we encourage everybody to get involved in their credit. It is the number one factor in what's going to determine your interest rate. And why would you have higher interest rates and lower credit score? And it starts compounding a little bit higher. Um, the points work a little differently in higher interest rate environments. They do. Because um, I've always, with all my loans, and I regret this now, I've always bought points. And then I refinance lower, and I buy points. And then I refinance lower, and I buy points. Right. But so, now that I'm low, I'm like, hey, I'm glad I bought those points. Right. Or you, you're either paying origination or points, or both. Um, points is a percentage. One point is one percentage point of your uh, your loan amount. So if you're getting a five hundred thousand dollar loan, that costs you five grand. But if that that lower interest rate that you're buying it down to offers a, a lower payment, you can just divide the cost by that lower payment, and it comes out to a a certain amount of months. Let's just say it's 48 months or four years. As long as you keep that loan for four years, you and every month beyond that is a benefit. So if you plan on, if you refinance what they call serial refinancing, and there, there's an actual law from uh, that protects the consumers from doing this called benefit to borrower. But if you are a serial refinancer and you refinance before that payback period, you've actually assumed some of the cost of those points. So it all makes points make sense when it comes to how long you're going to stay in the property. But as interest rates go higher, um, it can backfire on you. Let's say you're getting offered somebody says, well, you know, rates are 5%, but I can give you four and a half if you pay two points. And then what happens if interest rates go down? And you're like, oh, 
interest rates went down. Now they're at four and a quarter. I want to refinance, but I'm going to assume that $10,000 in points that I paid. So a lot of people are actually doing the opposite and doing lower cash, taking a higher rate. So in case rates go down, they aren't assuming any cost when they do refinance. So it's all about timing. So it's, things are a little ginger in the housing market right now, as far as costs go, because we're all kind of like saying, hey, whatever, higher interest rates are going to affect things. And it probably means homes will be on sale for a little bit longer. People will be able to say, I don't like the street. I do like the street. People say, well, where are the sidewalks? I want to find another home. People can, people can become pickier in higher rate environments. And prices can come down as sellers want to sell. And they don't want to pay that extra mortgage payment that they're not living there. Um, how about arms? Do you see more people using adjustable rate mortgages in higher interest rate environments where we've moved yes. from 3.5% up to 5%? Absolutely. Um, Freddie Mac right now has the you know 30-year fix at 4.9, but the arm is at 4.06. So you're looking at almost a whole point difference in rates. So we were just talking about how much on a $500,000 loan, what a... Um, you know, 1% interest rate is about $300 a month. Uh, and you can save that instantly by getting an arm. But you're also tied to that, you know, are you in a five-year arm? You're fixed for five years. Fantastic. But what happens after the five years? Does that fit your time frame? Um, are you still going to be able to qualify later after that? Otherwise, you're subject to the adjustments um, that, you know, with your margin and index, whatever that is. Um so you have to be really careful, uh, but it is a strategy. Some people just go, you know what? I'll just get another arm, and the money I saved, I just put it over that three hundred dollars a month. I put it over here, and if I have to buy points, I have the money already here, over here, and it's earning interest. Um, so there are some strategies, and we, we will see more arm usage as interest rates go up. Absolutely. So I've, the old wise tale, and I don't know if it's true or false, that. <laughs> Does it take interest rate movement to see action? Yes. Make your phone ring? Because are you seeing your phone ring a little bit more now or a little bit less? I'd imagine ghost town. Higher rates, people are spooked. Higher rates. It's easy to kind of say, Rob, get the this interest rate before rates go higher. And you know, like, that makes sense. Um, or you can say, hey, refinance now as rates are going down. When they're stagnant, that's when you... And we've seen that for a long period of time. Um, if you can call rates between... Four percent and four and a half stagnant, which I kind of do because they were fluctuating back and forth. Uh, when you do see the activity, you will see some some rustling of the leaves, and people will start making moves. Um, I think people, it's it, like I said, it could be a wake up call, and we could see rates come back down. Um, but I think we did hit new levels over the three point one percent on the yield on the ten year. That was kind of their target, and it beat it, and it set a new level. So we are at new levels. I don't expect them to come down anytime soon, but who knows? Um, you know, something could happen in the market. We could have some sort of event could turn the tide on that. So lots going on in the mortgage market, in the home purchasing market. If you need help with it, you can contact Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. I'm a little tapped out on my home right now as far as I got enough mortgage action going. I got too many properties, one too many. So I need to sit there and digest it. I feel like that boa constrictor who just ate a 45-pound baby. I love big, fat babies. I love snakes eating big, fat baby stories. I know, I know. You're saying you're kidding, right? I got to digest it. Let's just change baby into pig. I'm a big, fat boa constrictor who just ate a big, fat pig and... I got to digest my debt. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. He does my loans and my mortgages. He can do yours, BayAreaLoanSource.com.
Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money invested in more. I, I'm a little judgmental at times. I'll admit it. I'm very, very critical as a human being. If I order, I won't get into me and ordering and stuff like that, but let's just say I want things done right. One of the things I'm very critical on is I look at people and I go, hmm, I wonder who his his hero is. And, you know, sometimes I'll watch the football games on the weekend and I'm like, wow, there's 115,000 people in Michigan. Listen, guys. I was doing a little college game day, not NFL game day. I was doing a little college right there, so if you could maybe find some college game day music. No. <laughs> That's okay, Mike. Uh, busting your... Anyhow, um, I look at people and I go, hey, are they focused enough on money? And as much as they know about Two and a Half Men or Joe Montana or um, whatever their passion is, I'm like, do you have that same passion for your retirement? Because... From age 20 to 60, you should live it up. You should enjoy life. It only goes downhill after that, right? But from 60 to 100, you have to live off stuff. So, like, Jamie Dimon is a person that I like enormously as an investor. And his last name is D-I-M-O-N. He's someone I'll, I'll listen to. You know, I'm, I'm not saying he's right. It's, he's just someone I'll listen to when he talks about the economy. Uh, Jeff Gunlock. Awesome. Great stuff. Neil Hennessy, I had him on my TV show 10, 15 years ago when the Dow was at 12,000. He goes, okay, so where do, you see, where do you see the markets going? Well, he goes, well, Rob, let me tell you about this, Rob. He's kind of a Dr. Phil where he kind of, he looks like Dr. Phil and he sounds like Dr. Phil. Yep. And I said, so Neil, where do you see the market? He goes, well, Rob, um, 28,000. And I was like, yeah, that's a good one. I'm like. The house at 12,000. How can you say that? That's ridiculous. That's preposterous. That ain't going to happen. And he goes, well, Rob, the stock market doubles over 7.2 years. And historically speaking, if you we put that out, it'll be at $28,000 in uh, eight years. And it was. And I was like, whoa. And I saw Maria Bartiromo. He once did the same thing to her. And she fell out of her seat laughing at him. Because it comes across as this, you know, kind of, he's a great guy. He's a smart guy. He's one of my favorite investors. Um, and he basically buy he buys into quants. He's very much so, it's just numbers. Don't look at companies, just look at their numbers. So you should have a list of people like Jamie Dimon and Neil Hennessy that you, you go to on occasion and, and say, here's my list. You know, one of the greatest investors of all time, CFP Chad Burton's not on that list. Warren Buffett is. You should have a list like a Warren Buffett. What did he say? Chad says, annuities are trash. They make me want to vomit. 
I don't think that's going to be put in the lexicon of, it's great, a trap. of great memes or anything like that. Admiral Akbar has It's a Trap. It's a trap. I miss him, and I hate J.J. Abrams for killing him. I hate him. I hate you, J.J. Abrams. Admiral Akbar. How do you explain to your children that, that there was a world with no Admiral Akbar in it? He's floating off somewhere in cold, dead space. He was an admiral, for the love of God. He deserved better. Anyway, I'm digressing. Sorry. Keep in mind that thing that I digress with is what makes things always more interesting. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. One of the stocks that a lot of people are very interested in right now is GE, General Electric. And they've had problems on their balance sheets for a long time now, and they've been trying to address them. And they had a CEO who was moving kind of like a turtle. I'm a turtle. Some people believe they were prehistoric on this planet as a turtle, and they were eaten by a pterodactyl, and they were reincarnated as a human. I think most of these people are violently insane. I take a look at people who are at college game day, and I'm like, what is your future? What is your future when you're, 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 you're hanging out before a football game, eating brat and eating uh, big sausages and, and big burgers. Your future is a massive heart attack. And I, I hope you put that into your financial plan. So am I judgmental? Am I critical? Like I started the segment, I said I was. Uh-huh. But also, I, I, I question you, and I'm like really pushing you. You've got to start thinking about this stuff. So you've got to have a list of people that you go to, or people that you like. Um, you know, Warren Buffett, if you could just live, if there was a religion... And you got to be very careful because Jimmy Buffet's kind of got the whole Margaritaville religion going on. So Buffet, Jimmy Buffet, Warren Buffet, very similar sounding. You don't want to cross up those retirement messages. So Jimmy Buffet, all about calming down and relaxing in retirement. Warren Buffett, all about having enough money to live till the day you die and then maybe giving some to charity. So uh, if you want to copy that Warren Buffett, Warren Buffet quotes live by the religion that maybe I'll start one day. I think, I think Jedi's were made into a religion. I think there's something like that out there. There's some group. So tying this all back together on Admiral Akbar and it's a trap and religion and everything else. Um, I don't think football should be a religion. I, I think Warren Buffett should be a religion long before football, but a lot of people live their life. In the world of the, the gridiron. A hundred yards to glory and a concussion that one day will put you on the street homeless. Woo! Cheer for him. He's likely died on the field. We're not going to be happy until someone does die on the field, right? And then ESPN will say, you might want to turn away. So we're going to show this a hundred more times. He's dead on the field. And it goes back to ESPN and Disney has a problem. They're all in on sports, all in on sports. And the sports networks charge more and more money every time they renew. Until when? Always a question of the teeter-totter. So far, so good. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Three-star 
General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.